Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back to The Daily Sales Show. Today, we're going to be doing our second installment of our prospecting series. Today, we're going to teach you how to do effective prospecting and outreach to leaders of sales development. I'm incredibly excited for this one, particularly because we have amazing guests, um, and I know it's going to bring a ton of value to everyone here listening. So if you can in the chat, let us know where you're tuning in from. Uh, we want to know where everybody is. Hopefully you are getting that under 100 degree weather like Matt, but I don't think anyone's really safe right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely drop that in the chat. Um, today's guests are Matthew Roberts, the head of sales development, and Ashley Hamano, commercial AE over at Mosaic Tech. Matt has years of sales dev leadership experience and built out the core of Chili Piper's outbound motion before going over to Mosaic. Ashley was a top performing SDR and was recently promoted to commercial AE, still outbounding daily and constantly improving her sales. So trust me when I say we are in great hands today. I cannot wait to dig in. Um, if you can just kick us off, um, Matt, what is one thing you wish more people knew about prospecting to sales dev leadership? It's mm, a good question. Um, I mean, because you are prospecting to, like you said, sales dev leadership, I'd say they understand a lot of the best practices or hopefully understand a lot of the best practices and tips and tricks and all that kind of stuff. So it's, you know, you're not going to somebody who doesn't get a lot or understand a lot about the outbound sales, cold email, cold call. You're going towards people who hopefully are like experts or at least have a lot of experience and knowledge in that world so you got to bring your a game to really stand out if you're even bringing your b plus game sometimes it's not enough awesome well everyone listening you're in the right place um matt and ashley you're going to teach you how to bring your a game to make your prospecting much more effective um so we have people from chicago portland phoenix india mexico city nigeria another south florida welcome um san diego so thank you all so much for joining calling all over the world um, before we dive in, if you want to check out our upcoming daily shows, you can scan this QR code here or go to sellbetter.xyz. We do this every day. You can also grab additional resources and tactics from over 100 top sales professionals by scanning that QR code or going to sellbetter.xyz. Also, I want to do a huge shout out to our partners, Gong and Vidyard, for sponsoring today's show. Um, they really make this possible and they're both incredible tools. Our partner, Vidyard, has a free guide with four key strategies for running successful demos. So check out the link to that in the chat below. So I want to know who is in the room today because we want to make sure we tailor this conversation to be as useful as possible for everybody here. So if you're an SDR, AE, frontline manager, trying to guide your team, um, we will definitely tailor our conversation to that. Um, but I want to walk through kind of what we're going to chat about today. First, we're going to start out with the day-to-day and the main pain points of a sales dev leader from both the perspective of the leader and the rep. So we're gonna understand from Ashley's perspective, what are her main pain points? What does she care about? What are her KPIs? And then we can understand exactly how that rolls up to her leader, Matt, and what that means for his main day-to-day -day responsibilities. And this should get some really good insight on the kind of things you can be reaching out to sales dev leadership about. Um, next, we're gonna chat about strategies to craft messaging that really resonates with sales development personas. Um, to give you a really good idea of what to look for to guide your conversations. And then finally, we're going to chat about efficient outreach strategies, digging into both great and not so great outreach that Matt has received over the years. 
Um, and as a bonus, you'll get to see what message prompted a prospect to respond to Ashley's email, the very first SDR he's ever reached back out to. So we have a ton of concrete examples here. So you're going to go home today with a really solid idea of actually how to put all of these ideas into learning. Um, so it looks like we have a good mix, um, mostly SDRs and BDRs, some AEs, and then also some commercial, or sorry, some frontline managers and senior leadership here to guide their teams. So I think this conversation is going to be really relevant to everybody, specifically for that initial outbounding part. Um, super excited to get more into it. Cool. So to kick us off, Matt, can you share a little bit more about what your day-to-day -day looks like, what your main pain points are, what are your main KPIs? Yeah, definitely. Also, I just saw a Redding, California pop up a second ago. So that's a little bit near my hometown. So love it. As far as my day to day, so I'd say, you know, there's a lot of different pockets that I need to kind of break down and, and prioritize, which change also depending on the beginning of the month, the end of the month, middle of the month, sort of where I'm at. Um, and then, yeah, very seasonal, obviously, or cyclical. Uh, main things, though, you know, where am I at pacing uh, to my benchmark? So, our, our end, it's, you know, pipeline generation opportunities created, um, updating the forecast and the pipeline there to share with the AE leadership, to share with marketing, uh, to share with obviously our leadership at Mosaic. Um, if we're down, it's like immediately dive in. Why? What's happening? Um, is it something on our end? It, you know, email deliverability? Are we not doing the activities that we need to? Um, is, our, is our messaging stale? Kind of figure out why we're down if we're pacing ahead great. Why is that? Kind of just really starting to break down, again, all things forecast, pipeline generation. Next thing, uh, obviously, a lot of one-on-ones, uh, whether your team is four or 10, um, you're going to be spending a good chunk diving in there. So making sure that each individual rep has uh, enough to be set up for success, that they're doing the right things, that they're asking the right questions. Um, if someone's doing really well, great. What's working for them? Let's get that and relay it to the rest of the team. If something's not going well, again, let's dive in and figure out, you know, where we're missing the spot. Um, tons of cross-department conversations. So again, handoffs to the AE team. I need to speak with the AEs and speak with the leadership team. Or is there stuff that we can be doing better? Um, obviously, very closely tied into marketing. What kind of content's coming up? What sort of leads uh, should we be following up with? Um, and also, again, that goes two ways. So, hey, this is what our team's seeing right now. We would love if we had content based on this because we don't have anything to send in, in these situations. So making sure that everything is aligned uh, just across the board. Interviewing, uh, again, very fortunate to be in a spot where we are hiring. Um, that usually, you know, in the past few years took up a good chunk of time. There's been a, a lull uh, for the last year or so where maybe it didn't take up as much, but now we're, uh, again, we're, we're growing. So there's a lot of time spent on interviewing candidates, um, you know, doing all the follow-up that's in there. So speaking with people, making referrals, connecting with them. There's a few different steps. I'm involved in a lot of it. So making sure that we have a good pipeline of candidates that are strong um, and that they're getting the support that they need as well to move through the pipeline. Uh, and then after that, it's just all other projects that live out there to make our, you know, function more efficient. So again, when there's downtime, we're looking into the data, seeing again, how can we increase uh, our percentage of successful sequences and successful cold calls? Do we need a new cold call script? Do we need, need new templates? Are we focused on the right accounts? Um, so in high, a lot of different things uh, kind of all over the place. So time management and uh, really blocking your calendar is crucial. I really appreciate you sharing all of that. And I think that's really good insight about the hiring as well. Because I feel like maybe more than some other jobs, the SDR role has a 
decent amount of turnover from people being promoted. And then sometimes it is just a little bit more transitory. So I feel like that interview process probably takes up more of your time than some other leaders. So that that's great context for sure. Um, also, sorry, I forgot to mention in the intro, if anyone has any questions, be sure to put them in the Q&A box. Um, we'll save some time at the end and go through all of them. So if you have any questions for Matt and Ashley or just about the general process, be sure to throw them in there. Um, but Ashley, I'd love to hear from your perspective as well, because I think it's super important to know what a rep is accountable for and kind of what they're mainly focused on, because um, that really translates well to leadership. So if you can tell us a little bit more about your day-to-day um, now and then also specifically when you were in SDR and kind of what you're focused on and what your KPIs are. Yeah, absolutely. So my day-to-day, I like to prioritize things. So first of all, you know, I'm getting up in the morning, I'm going over Gmail, LinkedIn responses from all the sequencing I've done, trying to book a meeting right then and there. Um, from there, completing tasks so that my sequencers actually run. So we use outreach, so we're doing LinkedIn tasks, we're calling, um, making sure the email get pushed through, all that good stuff. So anything that has to do with outbounding that day and getting a meeting that day is top priority for me. Um, and then, you know, of course, going into past responses, oh, you want to meet in July? Okay, reaching out now. Or Q3, you know, it's now a good time. Making sure that I'm really making the most of my morning, trying to catch people same day. Uh, from there, it's pure outbounding. So instead of shooting in the dark, this is also like a prioritization strategic thing. I'll go by engagement. So I gauge interest based off of the emails I sent out and how many times it's being viewed. And of course, I am looking at a prospect level, but I'm also looking at an account level. So if there's a CRO and a VP of finance in my case, you know, that's two people at the company that we can help solve for. So um, really making sure that I can send personalized one-offs and call and all that good stuff. Um, and then from there, it's prospecting and building a pipeline. So this another way to make that intentional is by looking at newly funded accounts or accounts with new hires um, and, you know, a few other techniques. But making sure, you know, you're really strategizing on how to prioritize is, you know, my top priority there. Um, and then last, but not least, I really like to do like internal audits. So the BDR function, you know, it's never stays the same. A lot of it has to do with making things more efficient, getting better, building better processes. So I think a lot of the last part of my day is knowing what works, what's working for the rest of my team, connecting with them and just determining, okay, well, should we switch out emails? Is there a better dialogue and calls? Um, all that good stuff. Yeah, so it sounds like a lot of experimentation and prioritization, you know, figuring out where to best focus your energy based on how people are responding to your messaging. Um, I'm curious, Matt, for some SDR orgs report to marketing and some SDR orgs report to sales. Do you think there's a big difference on how that structure is and how that outreach should be done if you're reaching out to like a marketing SDR leader versus a sales SDR leader? That's a great question. Um... I would say, yeah, but like it's so nuanced that you wouldn't know just based on them saying like, I report to marketing versus I report to sales, exactly what that means. I've met marketing leaders who think just like a, a CRO or a VP of sales, and I've met sales leaders who I'm like, I think this person should be in marketing. Um, so yeah, it's a really good question. I do think obviously your your KPIs could completely change what the day-to-day looks like or your individual reps could be a little bit different, but I don't think you'd get the whole picture just by saying like, do you report to marketing? Do you report to sales? And mm-hmm. on top of that, you would never even know who they report to unless they're like posting about it or talking about it or you got on the phone with them. So it's a really good question. But 
um, yeah, I'd say it's very, yeah, it's a delicate, delicate one that yeah, you have to get a lot of knowledge on. That makes perfect sense. I mean, you can't really generalize because even one org that reports to marketing might be very different from another. And also, I feel like as a general trend, that line between marketing sales is being blurred a little bit. Like it's not so much of a divide. It's like everyone is finally kind of working together. Um, but before we get into our next section, I'd love to hear from everyone in the chat. What is the biggest challenge you're facing currently when it comes to doing outreach to sales development leaders? Um, and I have uh, I have a few video email examples that I'm going to show you here as well that I think will be super helpful. Um, but Matt, if you could start us off. Actually, I think Ashley as well. I'd love to hear from both of you. Where do you go to get information about the sales dev leaders that you're prospecting? What is your typical strategy like for that? Yeah, so well, happy. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Now you go ahead. You're starting. Okay, yeah, just at high level, because this is something that could be interchangeable like between different industries. But I think for me, it's really starting at the company level and determining, you know, what does the company look like? What stage are, there, are they at? As well as, you know, what does their sales team look like? And analyzing, you know, based off of this, I can assume maybe this is what their tech stock looks like or this is what their pain points look like. And then from there, kind of drilling down based off of other company profiles, other teams similar, um, and trying to reach that pain that way. Another good tip is looking at things like G2 reviews um, or, you know, looking internal and talking, okay, if I'm in sales development, I'm in that world. I'm going to talk to Matt. I'm going to ask my manager, you know, what's important to you? Um, so a lot of great resources there. Yeah, I, th I think that's super important to point out because sometimes people run into an issue where they're trying to do outreach and they don't find a lot of information about the specific person, but there's so much information you can find at a company level to figure out their priorities. That, that That's great. Is there anything you'd add to that, Matt? Um, I mean, I think I totally agree with Ashley. The first and foremost is look at that company level. Um, on top of it, I would say, you know, again, I know we might dive into this a little more a little bit later, but LinkedIn is a perfect spot to see where, you know, what they care about. There's a lot of socials. There's a lot of sales or marketing leaders that are very active um, somewhere in some sort of community. So whether it be LinkedIn, whether it be uh, newsletters or podcasts or webinars, you can probably find a lot on that persona and those specific individuals in that persona just looking on some sort of social platform. Yeah, there. Um, there's an email I'd love you to walk us through because it's one that you got that looks like it was super personalized um, based on something that was probably on your LinkedIn. If you could tell us a little bit more about this. Yeah. Uh, so this was a, a strong one. Um, Vidyard, right? A tool. So this is, I'm assuming, yeah, pretty sure they came from Vidyard. Uh, Chili Piper, which fast company, Mosaic, current company. So that's a pretty clear, easy subject line for me to open up. Um I'm pretty sure, and forgive me if I forget who the specific was, I think it was Legend on our team, but they said, hey, like one of your BDRs signed up for Vidyard a couple of weeks back. Obviously, attention grabbing, cool. Like, what about it? Uh, he already started setting out videos, curious if there's a reason, and they dropped another BDR's name. So let's just say it's Ashley. So they said, curious if there's a reason Ashley or someone else like hasn't gotten started. Again, really good job personalizing like the people on my team. It's relevant. I know that they're talking to me. There's no one else uh, that they can send this email to. Um, Given your time with Chili Piper, which again, we had Vidyard at Chili Piper. So now they're tying in the experience knowing that Chili Piper has it. Um, pretty you know normal CTA, but still solid. And then the PS I think is also really cool. Um, actually, I were actually talking about this one yesterday. So they said, hey, I saw like a post where you congratulated and it was a friend who also had come from Chili Piper on their promotion. 
if you're like curious on what we can do, like talk to him because they were also using Vidyard. So I was like, that's a really powerful PS. Um, you're tying in so much in there. And again, like in the world where referrals are becoming bigger and bigger and outbound is harder and harder, basically saying like, Hey, I know that you're friends with this person. They use our tool. Why don't you talk to them about like their experience with it? Um, really like a total cherry on top, a killer uh, end right there. I think this is a really good example of the right sort of things to be looking at for personalization. Because you notice they're not saying, hey, I saw you went to this university. I did too. Let me sell you my product. It's it's personalized, but it's also very relevant because Matt probably wants to know who on his team is using this tool and kind of what they're using it for. And so that was tied in really nicely. Um, Ashley, I have an example here of a message that you sent out that actually got a response from a prospect who said that he had... Yeah, you're literally the first SDR I've ever written back. So that's super impressive. And I know that this, it sounds like it wasn't specifically um, a sales dev leader persona, but I think it's still very relevant. Um, This is like a really solid follow-up when someone engaged with something on the website. So I'd love to hear more about this process. What do you went through? How you made sure this messaging was really relevant? Totally. So this is a whole different approach. This type of approach is like speed to lead. So the importance of the moment someone does something that's when you're going to go and make something relevant about that specific need. So in this guy's case, you know, he landed on the rule of 40 financial metrics page, which is something that we automate alongside like all these other metrics. So in this case, he lands on the page two minutes later, I'm sending out a quick email, you know, just wondering how they're doing this today. And if he's interested in chatting about something like this. So in this case, it's very much so speed to lead. You know, you have your personalization times, you have your speed to lead. There's all these different sorts of outreach types that you can do that prompt a response. Um, but it's definitely interesting to see while personalization is amazing, there's also things that prompt responses as well or prompt needs, prompt meetings um, that go into it as well. Nice. Yeah, I think it's really important to share this because I think particularly when reaching out to sales development leadership, any best practices for basically any persona are going to be best practices here. Cause it's almost like, it's like the all-stars, like you have to bring your best game of everything, like the personalization, like the speed to lead, whatever you're doing for any other persona you're prospecting, bring that all to the table, plus extra personalization and relevance for the sales development leaders. And I think that's probably the key to success. And just to add on here, like people that are selling to sales dev people are, or persona are just so lucky because Sales dev people really lean into LinkedIn. They lean into a lot of social selling, and that's something that I don't have. A lot of the time, you know, I go to LinkedIn and I'm like, wow, this is a blank page. So nothing really to work off of. But when I came to Mosaic and I was reaching out to Matt, one of the biggest things was looking at LinkedIn. Wow, he had all these webinars, all these different things that I got to watch and could actually speak to in the interview themselves. So being able to leverage that and personalization is just amazing. Yeah. It, so it's like a, a higher standard is expected, but like the material is there. So I think that's super helpful. Um, also, we, we did a poll um, in this chat to find out how people are having the most success reaching out to sales development leaders. And it looks like it's an almost perfect mix of email, phone, and LinkedIn. Um, wh- what are your thoughts on that, Matt? I was going to say that's a, the perfect, I mean, I love that it just broke down like that because that's exactly why you have. Oh, I- you're getting a cold call. <laughs> I'm going so at cold call right now. So someone both will steal it. I it, it steals it every single time. Yep. I, I mean, so very relevant. That was not a plan, but someone was cold calling me. 
And I bet you that they're also going to hit me on LinkedIn and or email. And that's what will stand out. So that poll right there, I love that it was like 33 or 30% breakdown because it just shows like, one, it's so specific to your your ICP and your persona, right? Like you're calling people, pick up the phone. That's where you're going to see success. If you're a doctor's office, law firms, construction, like they're on their phones all the time. Other people, they're never on their phones. So maybe email. And then to what Ashley was just saying, like sales and marketing people are so active on LinkedIn. I think that's where like you probably might find a lot of success because they're on there all the time looking at things, digesting new information. Um, so it's always a breakdown. And as we always say, right, like you have to try every single channel because you don't know what that person is going to engage on. And so it could be email, it could be LinkedIn, it could be phone. You don't know until you want to give it a go and then find out because that's where they responded, right? Same thing if, if someone's like, oh, I'm having this long conversation with someone on LinkedIn and then I try to give them like a cold call and it's just like, ah, I don't know, maybe just have that conversation on LinkedIn. If you've already tried calling them and they ignored it or they just you know, left voicemail after voicemail, I just, you found that channel, like use that channel. How do you advise people find the balance between like enough multi-threading, multi-channel outreach versus like, this is just too much, like just stop calling me? Is there kind of a benchmark they can work from? Uh, that's a good question. I'm curious on Ash as a coach here. What I will say, and I flag this to the team often, is to, yeah, in an extent, it can be overwhelming for sure. And there probably is that balance. But I always do give mad props to people who, whether again, it's just two of the three or it is all three, they tie it together. So it's like the voicemail I check and it says, I see, hey, it's, you know, Ashley Hamano. And I see that name. And it says from Mosaic and I can now connect the dots. Yep. That's the person who just added me on LinkedIn or just sent me an email a few days ago, like that does stand out. I think if you're doing it like repetitively over and over and over and there's like no response, yeah, what is that number? I think it just depends. And again, I mean, as everyone here knows, sometimes you get the people, the first call, the first email, whatever, they're like, how disrespectful, never do this again. And then some people will, you know, take 5,000 emails, 5,000 calls and finally get back to you and be like, hey, let's book a meeting. Sorry, I've been really busy. So it's very hard to you know, have like a one cut answer for that. It's a, such a gray area, I think. Yeah. And I'll say my take on it is the whole point of the role really is to understand what works and what doesn't. Of course, you know, you could do what works for your persona. So calling works better for others. Um, but then from there, it's kind of nailing down like, you know, this month calling's better or, you know, next month email's better. You kind of always have to play around with it. But I would say like knowing your persona, Sales dev lives on LinkedIn. You can always try and hit them up on LinkedIn. Um, but in our sequences, we've found success in, you know, always sending emails in the background and hope that they see it and it stands out. But then, of course, having that LinkedIn, having activity on their page, messaging them. And if you can see in some way, shape or form that they're engaging and there's interest, that's the perfect time to give them a call um, and leave a voicemail and make it more of a warm call than a cold call. There's ways to make it more strategic um, per each prospect, I would say. I remember what, when I was an SDR, I was prospecting an SDR leader and he had literally in his bio, he's like, I love being cold called. Here's my number. Call me. <laughs> so sometimes like you might even find stuff like that and like listen to, like if somebody has that in their bio, don't bother emailing them. Just call them. A lot of times people will guide you on what they want. Um, another good trick is to look at if they have any job postings, like if they're hiring new BDRs, sometimes they'll put in there, like we expect you to make this many calls and do this many emails. You can kind of see what they expect of their team. That can help you personalize, but that can also help you reach out to them. It's like if they're expecting their team to do it, hopefully they will be responsive to you doing it. But that's also not always the case. Yeah. Um, 
Do either of you have any other specific tips when it comes to um, strategizing outreach? We're going to go through the email examples in just a moment, so I think that's going to be super helpful. But anywhere else you look for information or guide your outreach strategy? Um, yeah, I would say, again, like we've been nailing the head on this over and over, but from like a social standpoint, like as silly as it sounds like Google, right? Like if I'm trying to sell to some person and I haven't Googled their name yet, then like I'm missing probably a huge chunk. And again, that could pull up a podcast from two years ago, but maybe there's still something relevant in there. Um, I've used this example a few times when talk about, yeah, the, the line of where it's crossed and where it's not like socials, right? Like Twitter. I remember I tweeted something long time ago about like a specific brand of whiskey and someone tied that into like a message that they sent me, I think on LinkedIn where they're like, Hey, do you want, or like, what's your interest level on the specific brand of whiskey? And in my head, I'm like, Oh, that's interesting open that thing up and it's like saw you tweeted this now that like i have your attention ball and like again it stuck out did it get the meeting i don't think it did but uh, again you're battling so much stuff when you're doing cold outbound like ashley's point like relevance is always more relevant than personalization but at least personalization is going to lead to something and then now maybe it's just a timing thing or it's just a relevance factor which can come up at some point but i do always remember that individual rep because they did that action that many people haven't so yeah i would always suggest like googling people's name and just seeing what pops up and seeing if there's anything that you can tie into stand out awesome. and additionally yeah and then just like to the timing point just knowing like the seasonality of the entire role and everything like that so you know end of month typically typically that means x y and z um q1 that means you know all the different timing means different things to different leaders and so if you can tie both the personalization aspect as well as the timeliness of something and put those two together, it's a pretty unstoppable combo. I think that's actually a super important point. Um, knowing that maybe somebody will be less likely to respond to your cold color email last day of the month, and that's not personal. It's just they're busy. Reminds me of um, one time I was applying for a restaurant job. I was like 16. It was like my first restaurant job. And I went like during lunchtime. The manager yelled at me. He was like, why do you think you can come in here in the middle of the lunch rush? Why do you think we give you a job? We're too busy. And I was like, good point. So same thing, like, you know, kind of read the room, still still do your outreach, but like understand that that's a factor. Um, thank you so much for that. I think that was super insightful. One more quick note I want to add. There's a website called listennotes.com and it's like a podcast search. So you can search somebody's name and see what podcasts they've been on. And sometimes there are transcripts. So you could find just like a snippet they said, which is great for personalizing. But now I want to jump into some of these email examples that you guys have been so kind to share. Um, just want to kind of walk through each one quickly, talk about what worked, what didn't. I think we're starting with the ones that really did resonate. So Matt and Ashley would love to kind of hear from you what worked about this email. Um, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of listen notes and podcasts, I guess, right? So um, I'll do like, I guess yes, it's to me, so I'll walk through it. But Matthew, who's listening, like great subject line. I don't... I'm super interested. You just got my curiosity. Who's listening to what? Like my Spotify playlist? I don't know. I, I open this thing up. I check it out. Um, the Roll Forward is our internal podcast that we have uh, with our co-founder and COO, Joe uh, Garofalo. So cool. I just listened to it. Again, they tied it in whether they did or they didn't. Who cares? It's still relevant. Uh, and then the, the bottom part to me, it says, I think Ashton and I were talking about this earlier today too really good curious can you see and it was like an individual person from this company listened and if not we should talk and so they're asking like hey you know is, is our marketing team funneling us these leads on people who are listening to our podcast uh you know 
they're not. So this was a really, really strong one where it caught my attention and the whole way through, I was like, wow, like this is a really, really short, sweet, punchy, relevant. And it's something that I'm assuming they know probably a lot of people can't do or aren't doing. Uh, so that if not, we should talk part like it, it's on it's on point because we don't do that. And I'm sure, again, like they're assuming a lot of people don't have their podcast listeners flag to them. Hey, this CFO just listened to 45 minutes of this podcast. Like, go hit them up and talk to them about it. So uh, this thing was pretty killer. Love that. Love the CTA. Yeah, I'm curious, Ashley, are there any go to CTAs that you have where it's like you're still prompting action, but it's not like give me your calendar. I need 30 minutes right now. Yeah, I mean, saying things like, you know, would you be against set- setting aside a few minutes? Um, things like that. Just even like the smallest little changes make a huge difference. But I love this one because it's not generic at all. You know, a lot of us default to, you know, do you have 15 minutes in the coming week? But this one is absolutely amazing. And just to amplify what Matt said here, what Matt said here was the subject line huge. I, what I've noticed is, you know, that's the difference between a meeting and no meeting. You can have the best email ever, but if they don't open it, you know, that's kind of against you there. Um, and then, yeah, just the tonality. I think a lot of how we go about emails is making sure to keep it short, sweet, and to the point. And that's exactly what they did here. Um, and I think, you know, just making sure that you are keeping things short is going to help you out a lot. And something I really love about this too is that it, yes, it's personal, but again, it's more relevant. Like there's nothing about this that says it can only be used to reach out to Matt, for example. Like they could input any name in any podcast and it works, which is awesome. So super, super solid. All right. I want to jump into this one. If you can walk us through it, Matt. Yep. So this is a LinkedIn note. Um, and again, it's a little bit different because it's kind of a follow-up. It wasn't like a follow-up for a meeting, but they had said something previously and I forget what the context was there. But uh, I mentioned, hey, like this isn't, I'm not the right person. This is the person you should contact. And so uh, again, we talk about this a lot in our, our day-to-day. Like there's so many people that will take the lazy route. And what I mean by the lazy route is you ask who is the person or is it someone in marketing or is it someone in sales or something? And they're using that actual individual's name. So they're like, cool, the op persons that you reference, is it this person, the correct name, which it is. And they're saying, I reached out to them as well. So now I'm connecting the dots and now I can go to that individual. I'm like, oh, this person reached out to you and we can kind of kickstart it there. The other part, next end, again, talk about the personalization from your podcast with Lead IQ. So now I know, okay, they're flagging something that I did. And maybe they used, uh, what is it? Listen listen notes. Mm-hmm. However, however they did it, they found out what we did talk about. So again, they're not just saying, hey, I read this article or I listened to this podcast and lying about it. They're pulling in actual stuff from that content, which is you guys connect with CFOs, finance, and series A through C companies, all relevant. So now I, there's a little bit of a trust factor there. Like you took your time uh, and then now, yeah, going into like, hey, do you think that we can help you? So um, started it with doing a good job at finding out who that person that I was referring to was, then sharing that they listened to something that I was on and that this is their takeaways, which are all accurate. So really good job. And again, whether you use listen notes and you use LinkedIn, doesn't take more than probably five to 10 minutes to find this stuff out. And I was telling, you know, our reps about it, they're like, good reps will do this sometimes. Really good reps will do this like most times, but like a, a rock star, absolute, you know, never going to miss their quota, will do it every single time they can. So they're always going to be looking for stuff to tie in. Uh, and like a mediocre or bad rep will rarely do it. So I um, thought this one was pretty solid. Nice. That's an awesome example. Um, I think also like 
the whole idea is making the lift as light as possible for the person that you're reaching out to. Like you do most of the legwork for them and you want to make it easy to respond to because you have to think about the psychology of the person you're reaching out to. Like they also have a completely full inbox and a million tasks on their plate. Like they are also a human being. Like think about how you get overwhelmed with messages and texts and stuff like that. And if they have to go do a bunch of work to respond to you, they're not going to do it. But if it makes it super straightforward, that's awesome. Like, do you have any strategies, Ashley, for making sure that you're doing as much work as possible for the prospect? Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Like this person is doing, you know, making sure that you're going above and beyond to figure out who's in their org, looping those people in. You know, if you want the intro, say, okay, well, you're here. These are the people that I need to reach. Here, you know, is what I would say and a few value props. Um, that would resonate and, you know, happy to even offer up lunch if you have that ability to, you know, make it just as valuable for the introer. Um, so a lot of great different techniques here. Love it. All right. So now we're going to go into a few examples that didn't really resonate as much. Kind of want to walk through why this one did not hit. Uh, extremely generic subject line, right? So it's like things like this, total like marketing or just automation. There's no personalization. There's nothing. I'd never seen anyone say I was looking into the whole LinkedIn website that was already like this thing just screams like template and no like knowledge done on top of being really long. Um, just again, this is the stuff that I think used to maybe work in like the 2000s. Uh, every single year that we progress, like hopefully you're getting further and further away from this on top of like what we're talking about right now today. Any SDR, BDR, anyone in sales, like they would immediately see this and just auto delete or whatever because it looks like spam. It looks like so against all the best practices that they're probably or hopefully teaching to their team. Um, so when we talk about like needing to bring your A game, like this is bringing your D game. And that again might work on one out of a hundred non sales people, but it will work on like zero out of a hundred sales leaders. Yeah. Awesome. Ashley, I'd love to hear if you have a few quick tweaks that you would make? I mean, obviously, I think we should rehaul the whole thing, but in any quick tips you can give for fixing something like this? Yeah. I mean, for starters, I wouldn't start talking about all myself. I think that's the biggest problem here is they're saying, well, you know, we do this and I've leveraged this and, you know, Mosaic looks like a good fit. That all to me is just so wrong. Like that's not digging into pain. That's just saying like, take a meeting with me, look at my solution. So I think really making sure that you're saying, you know, having this problem question mark while, you know, we can quickly one sentence on how you help. Um, but really ident identifying pain because the I, I, I just never works. Yeah. Great feedback. All right. Let's see what's next. Ooh, is this, was this I mean, an email? Yeah, I guess an email. Um, it's obviously automated on multiple levels. I love our new company name with the percentage signs. Looks pretty sweet. Uh, so, I mean, I opened this one, I think just to screenshot it and say like, well, what's going on here to, uh, Ashley's point. Like, again, it's a lot about just like what we do. Yeah. They're also targeting the wrong person. They're talking about like ticket response time. So we have automation gone wrong. We have bad targeting. Um, again, like maybe the only reason to sign up was that I, I could have gotten a free pair of AirPods, but other than that, it's a, it's a skip. Um, I, I have to say, I definitely accidentally sent out an email with like the first name or something like that before. How, how would you like if it was truly an accident? How would you follow up with that? I like an, as, as an SDR. I think Ashley could maybe give a response because everyone <laughs> I think has done it to some extent. And I always say like 
you're in a bucket, right? You're in a bucket of like, oh, I messed up. I'm embarrassed and move on. Definitely not the right answer. The right answer is to have some thought with it. Maybe Ashley can share some examples. Well, I did actually do this as well on my first week at Mosaic. And Matt's advice uh, really was to, you know, follow up, be human, use it as a bump, honestly, and just be like, you know, this is what I meant. Um, you know, apologies. Obviously, you have to acknowledge it, but any chance that or, you know, just use it to your advantage, I guess, and use it as a bump. Um, obviously, try not to do it. But if you do do it, you just got to take responsibility there. Everyone's human. I think my worst one was like I was editing a sequence and I accidentally said like the first three emails like at the same time, like back to back to back. Do I send a fourth to apologize? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got one more here, Matt. Uh, yeah, I think again, like pretty generic, um, like came up in several articles as the best SaaS startup. Let's connect. Let me know when you're available. Again, like I don't even know what, what you do. Like there's nothing in here that talks about like what pain you solve, anything about me. It's literally like, Hey, saw your company, let's connect. And then like the bump on it again, would love to connect in the coming days and share more a bit about like their company. Let me know it works. It's like, it's literally just give me a meeting because I connected with you and I don't. Again, maybe this works on the smallest percentage of other ICPs, but like probably still very poor results. But if you're selling to a sales dev leader, this is this is the laziest thing you could do. This is probably even worse than just sending an automated template that at least has some content. This is just garbage. Um, I, I definitely want to hear what you have to say, Ashley. I think we have, yes, really good contrast to that here of LinkedIn messaging done right. So can you walk us through what your thought process and writing process was here? Totally. So this was a case where I'm actually leveraging our resources to, you know, prompt a conversation to further get a meeting. So a lot of what I like to do is try and do like relationship uh, selling. So here I'm using personalization. He owned a uh, ice cream company. So I said one liner of ice cream. And then the second liner being, you know, wanted to extend the invite to our webinar. Um, he loved the outreach, uh, acknowledged, you know, the personalization. Um, and then, you know, I kind of came back because he said he was on pat leave. So I leveraged postal. Um, so there's a few different points here between resources, personalization, um, looping in with like a little gifting tool. And then this actually turned into a meeting and I was able to follow up with his associate um, who got on the webinar. And you can even use the webinar to say, you know, would love to understand what you're looking to learn or anything like that. You don't need to say, hey, do you want a meeting? I need to sell to you. It's uh, it's great when you can say, do you want to chat best practices? Or I would love to know what you're looking at within this content, um, et cetera. Amazing. Well, I hope everybody is inspired by that. I think the the main summary here is, yes, there's a ton of, there, there's a lot expected of you when you're reaching out to sales dev leaders because their standards are high because they're generally on the cutting edge of all of these strategies. But on the flip side, you have a ton of information out there to pick from. So what can really set you apart from the other reps and from what these people are getting in their inbox is actually taking that time to figure out what's relevant to them and then make sure they understand how you're helping their pain. Um, I would love to talk about these examples all day, but I do want to get to these questions. Um, so our first one is from Jose. And the question is, how many follow-ups, after how many follow-ups would you consider a lead exhausted? Yeah, that's a really good question. And again, I think it's hard. It's it's 
it's always going to be a little bit just again nuanced to the individual like you don't know this person sometimes one call is where they're like i'm going to sue you into the ground and other people you can hit them up for two years and then it's the right time um i would say like elite exhausted to me would be they're not answering anything you're not getting a response on linkedin and you've bumped them 10 times you've sent them through multiple sequences and they've never opened emails that to me is exhausted yeah personally i think my answer here would be two things first being uh looking at engagement and trying to gauge in some way shape or form their interest um I've had people go through sequences and tried all these one-offs and they end up coming in a few months later. And to me, that's worth it. Um, but it's just up to you and how long you want to hold on to a prospect or an account. Uh, second being, you know, always leverage other people in the account. If that, if your point of contact isn't getting back to you, try, you know, all these other people within the account um, and see if you can gauge interest that way. Awesome. So we have another question that is similar to that. Um, I think it's relating to talking about all the multi-channel outreach. The question is this, um, won't hitting the prospects up on every channel create too much noise? Sending them emails, calling them, hunting them on LinkedIn as well. Is that not too much and shouldn't it be approached strategically? I mean, it definitely has to, yeah, it definitely has to be done in moderation. It's just common sense. You don't email someone twice in one day. You don't email them every day. It really just has to be appropriately thought out um, and not messaging them on email and LinkedIn. So like you can you can email them, but maybe on LinkedIn, you're liking, you're commenting, you're interacting like you're an actual person rather than sending them all these sales messages or acting as a resource, sending them templates, ebooks. Not every single message needs to be about selling. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Again, like it, it really just depends on the outreach. If you're being a nurturing, essentially like an extension to marketing and sharing, hey, here's some content. It's helpful. It's helpful. If you're adding value, there is no like too much noise. The other part of that that like stands out to me is like create too much noise. It's like that's also kind of this job, right? You need to have noise for it to stand out for them to say, oh, okay, like I'll take a meeting. If you're competing against hundreds, thousands, emails, calls, LinkedIn to that individual every day, every week, depending on like what they or who they are. Um, so you do need to create some noise. That's the whole point. Like you got to stand out. But if you're doing it with strategically, you're adding value to them and you're not, hey, take a meeting, take a meeting, take a meeting. You're saying, hey, let me give you this. Let me share this. I saw you did that. So the, the noise is good. Yeah. Awesome. Kind of providing that value and playing the long game. Um, how would you respond to prospects who are just opening emails? Uh, what do you mean by respond? Like they responded to you or? I think it's more like, what should you do? Like you're emailing a prospect and they're opening your emails, but like that's it. They're not responding. They're answering the phone. Like what's another strategy to kind of get their attention? Because they are engaging. I would say leveraging all the resources and tools that you have. So sending postals, again, back to resources. I don't know, Matt, maybe you have a better answer here. No, yeah, it's a good question. Again, like from the lead exhaustion part, it's like if they're only opening emails, it's like, yeah, you tried LinkedIn, you've tried calling, you've tried all these other avenues and they're only opening emails. That's tough. I'd probably to that point kind of stop the other ones if there's nothing there. Lean into emails, but maybe now I'm just trying to personalize more. If I see that like spike up their engagement, then continue that route. If it stays the same, I'm just going to probably go into like sharing all content. So kind of being that like nurture lead. And this can be someone that you're just waiting for the right time or the right relevance that hits. And that might be six months, could be 10 months. It's a, it's a timing game there. Awesome. 
Um, this is an interesting one, and we only have time for one or two more. But uh, David says, I had a meeting with the sales manager this this morning, and he feels email and calls are a waste of time. Any good sources he can review that may have him reconsider this position? We can also go uh, back to this one uh, maybe afterwards. Um, definitely would love to have a little bit more context on that. Um, yeah, I would love more context as well. Cool, cool. David, if you can write in, that would be awesome. And one last question. Selling takes time. How do you keep yourself motivated through the sales process, especially when it is a long game? Like you might only get that payoff a few months later. Yeah, I mean, it's just diversifying all your accounts and what you're doing. Of course, you're going to have one lead that's taking forever, but that's the beauty of continuing to build pipeline is constantly adding in more accounts so that in the meanwhile, you know, you have all these other things coming in and you're not just waiting on one person. Yeah, it's a good point. I'd say like you have to narrow it down and understand that it is going to be different for everybody. So kind of fixate on the process, right? They talk about it all the time. Don't look at that end goal. Don't look at like, I all I need is this person to book. It's like continue to do the process, stick to that, be consistent, be persistent. Those people will come through at some point and you're going to have people that come through on that first, second, third touch as well. It's going to all balance out. It's a long, long game, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, but yeah, that's that's great advice. And I think it's also important to remember outbounding is really hard, but those skills will translate to so many other things in your life. So it's not just the right now. Um, Any parting words um, for our audience? Yeah, I'd say thanks for having us. And again, like, understanding that it is always going to be you're battling against so much other noise time relevance competitors uh, but if you're doing best practices you're doing the right stuff you're you know taking that quality approach with the mix of quantity like you'll be okay um, and also yeah happy to chat through any other questions that people have um, and appreciate you know sydney having us and sell better as well amazing yeah, absolutely thank you so much sydney thank you so much for joining i knew you provided a ton of value thank you everyone for listening Um, If you enjoyed the show, be sure to check out our website, our Instagram, our YouTube, our TikTok. Help us spread the word. We have content everywhere and incredible guests like Matt and Ashley. So good luck out there prospecting. Go give your best work to prospecting these sales dev leaders. Um, Send us any great outreach that you do. And until next time, have a great rest of your day. 